Welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Body Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Palmer, and this is the intersection of physical and financial success. If you're here, it's probably because you're a high performer, entrepreneur, or busy professional that's interested in gaining an unfair advantage in your life using fitness and nutrition as force multipliers. If you're not already part of the Facebook group, definitely go to natetrainingsystems.com slash group. That's where we stream these podcast episodes live every Tuesday. You can join in, ask questions. So a lot of cool stuff happening, free resources, et cetera. Uh, check it out. Go to n the number eight trainingsystems.com to get in there. So today, if you're already in the group and watching it live, we're excited to have you because today we're going to be talking about pre-workouts. How do you know if you need one? I'm going to go over that first. What's the phase that you should be in before you start to even like thinking about like taking one of these? And um, just uh, like what are the, what are the right types of pre-workouts? What comes in pre-workouts? How what are the garbage supplements out there? And we'll talk about all of this stuff. I did a lot of research for this one. So excited to dive in. So uh, before we get started, uh, one of the things we love to do is give a shout out to the, the people accomplishing big things in the Million Dollar Body community. Want to give a shout out right now to Joe. Joe has been absolutely crushing it. We've been working, on, working with him for only about a week now, and he's already down six pounds. He's hit all of his workouts. And the thing that I love um, that that I'm just keep hearing from people is that like, is that this is not, it's not a very hard program. It's very, it's very easy to follow. Some people tell me, hey man, it's so easy to follow when I'm on vacation. Some people say like, this is the lowest weight I've been at in years. Some people say like, I don't stress about my dinners anymore. But either way, what I love to hear is that they no longer feel like uh, the Million Dollar Body Program is necessarily a diet. It's more just a lifestyle, something that's been working out for them really well. So good job, Joe. Good job, uh, Jared. A couple other people who have been uh, crushing it in the group. You guys are awesome. So today we're going to jump in, talk about pre and post-workout nutrition. And when is this important? No, so I've kind of divided this up into three phases. Phase one, phase two, and phase three. You can kind of see them behind me. I got some great, if you're if you're just listening to the podcast or you're missing out because I got some great visuals. I'm a, I'm a master of stick figures, so I just draw those up. So phase one to me is this, is, a, is the kind of the idea of like a hard reset and building out a framework. Now, a lot of people will do this using like whole 30 or even like a keto diet or like 75 hard, anything like that can be a great hard reset. So for me, my favorite hard reset is phase one of the million dollar body program. Okay. That's the 28 day phase you read about in the book. So if you have questions on that, grab your book on Amazon. It's free on the Kindle Unlimited. You can just, you can grab it off there. And by the way, I'm doing a, um, anyone who uh, gets the book and writes me a review in June. So retroactively as well will be entered to win a $50 Amazon gift card from me. So write that review, put that up there. Uh, even if you're like, man, this guy's a little bit out there, just throw it up there because you have, you'll be entered to win a, a quick gift card. So um, that's what the Million Dollar Body Program goes over. It's 28 day hard reset. And while the daily investments we talk about in the Million Dollar Body Program, Million Dollar Body Method, um, are applicable and should be used. Like it's a little bit more rigid at the first because in phase one, that's when we need to dial things in and start start off hard. When I was working at, um, I was I started. I, my wife and I moved out to Seattle in about 2012, and I had owned kind of my own studio before then. I'd been working for myself, doing my own thing, and so I was a pretty good trainer. I enjoyed what I did. Had some good mentors moved out to Seattle and I wanted to work at a good gym out there. So I went to one gym It's called Vision Quest Fitness. Met, met some cool people there, but um, they were like, oh yeah, we hire the only the best and the brightest. And I was like, great. Like I want to be a really good personal trainer. So like, this is a good place to be. And then like fast forward one week, they hired this chick and I was like, you're a personal trainer. She's like, well, I've never done it before. I don't have any certifications. And I used to work at a lumber yard. And I was like, 
you you guys said you hired the best and the brightest and this person doesn't even know about training yet like she's she she's she needs to do some rows she's walking around like this like what's going on so i ended up quitting that job I was so frustrated because um i just yeah i felt like i kind of gotten tricked a little bit so I, I went and applied at another another gym that my uh, uncle had told me about he's like go to the plat pro sports club if you guys are ever from like that if you guys are from seattle area at all you you might recognize the name it's huge it's like microsoft's gym it's like like 300,000 square feet. They have like a, like a, like a, like they have the uh, Seattle Supersonics like basketball floor. They got like eight. When I was there, they had like eight basketball courts, like 15 pools, just 115 personal trainers. It was insane. So when I got there, they're like, prepare for a longer interview to, to interview process. And I was like, okay, like what's the interview process for a personal trainer? Let me like a long one, like 27 minutes and not like 17. And I get there and the interview process is four hours long maybe even a little longer than that four four and a half hours long so so intense with a man named woody cox so thank thank his parents for that one so me and woody had a chat for about four hours so like two for two hours like one of the recruiters was in there and then she left probably because she was super bored and hungry and i had to stay there with woody and just talk and one of the like it was it was an incredibly like intense like like kind of annoying experience. Cause I was like, man, like when do I get to go home and eat some food? But the thing I learned from that experience was that when you want someone to take something really seriously, you have to take it extremely seriously because there's a deterioration process as you go down. So like if you, as if you're motivated, like this might be the most motivated you'll ever be. Like if you're like interested in something like, like this is the most interested you'll ever be. And then as time goes on, you get less and less and less interested, motivated, et cetera. And that's just kind of a natural progression of things. You know, like you first, like you first start a new hobby or something else and you're like, yes, this is so sick. This is awesome. And then like, even more so if you're a boss or own your own business, like if you, if your standards are here, you can only expect your employees to be able to blow you to standards to be right below that. If your standards are hundred, you're the best someone else could do is 99. The best they can do. No one's going to be 105 if you're hundred. So what I learned from that is that if you want someone to be like, take stuff seriously, you got to go very, very serious up front, which is why I think a hard reset whole 30 or the million dollar body method is a amazing place to start with phase one. Now, phase one is just a great way to build a framework, do a hard reset, put your mind and body in a space to start making, getting results. And I think at this point, especially when you're talking, like talking about coming back in from not doing anything, this is not someone who's been working out for six months, trying a bunch of different diets. Um, like this is, this is something coming in kind of like without a whole lot of experience. Maybe it's been a while, maybe they fell off. Maybe it's been like a couple months since they were like watching what they're eating. You need a hard reset. You need to hit that, hit that reset button. Okay. But once you do that, once you establish it, we don't need meal plans and like rigorous strict things forever. We need to use that as a training tool, similar to how I learned to ride a bike, you know, training wheels to, to start until then they pull the training wheels and you're on your own. You're riding around your grass and your dog jumps up and knocks you on the ground. And your parents are like, ha, 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 ha. And maybe that was just me. I don't know. Maybe, but maybe you had the experience as well. But so once we, once we get the hard reset, you get your training wheels, we pull those away and we go into what's called phase two. Now phase two is a little bit of a longer process or it can be okay. Phase two is all about fat loss. And again, at phase two pre-workouts, because we'll get back to the pre-workout part guys. Pre-workouts are not so important. Not yet. Okay because our focus is really on fat loss and our workouts aren't necessarily like the main driver of fat loss. It's going to be nutrition. 
So how do we make sure that we are like, are in a place to start getting pre-workouts or enjoying them? And not to say that like, if you're in phase two, if you're in a hard reset, you can't take a pre-workout. It's not detrimental. It's just unnecessary. Okay. And once you get to phase three, that's where we can start putting this in. But what is phase two? Phase two is all about fat loss because in order to get to a place where you can start recomping your body or building muscle effectively, or even just maintenance, you need to get down to a specific weight. And I don't know what that weight is for you, but one easy way to determine if you're in the right spot is by checking your waist to height ratio, WTH. WTH, man, W2H, waist to height ratio. So what you wanna do for this is you want to measure your waist at your belly button, okay? At the kind of at the narrowest point of your stomach and then divide that by your height. So you can do this in centimeters, you can do it in inches, whatever works for you. But we wanna make sure that by the, to, in order to move on to phase three, we need to make sure that your waist height ratio is 0.46 or less. That's the point when you're start, you'll start looking better, feeling better, having more energy, being more sensitive to insulin. And by the way, like if you are trying to bulk and your, your waist height ratio is way above that, your body fat is above 20, 25%, you're going to add equal parts fat and muscle. And it's just, it's just, you're never going to like look or feel your best. You're going to feel super sluggish. So if you get down to this, this waist height ratio, you might decide, Hey, I look and feel amazing. Let's just maintain. Great. At that point, phase three, you might decide, Hey, it's time to put a little bit of muscle. Also awesome. Phase three, but we have to get you here first. So that your body is primed to receive the nutrients to be able to work as hard as possible to get the results you're looking for. Okay. So we need to get this down. If you're, if you're confused about this, I have a burn, I call it my burn score. And it's basically like, how good is your body at burning fat? So go to n8trainingsystems.com slash quiz to get access to that. Okay. And uh, there's a couple of people who have, uh, who I've, I've seen come through with that. And like, it's, it's really an amazing, amazing tool for just understanding what you're like, what your body needs, because at, at a certain point, it's about like, you don't need to lose five more pounds. You probably just need to drop an inch off your, your waistline to get into a really healthy place. We're getting to pre-workouts. I promise. Okay. And then phase three, that's going to be recomp maintenance and this is really where pre and post workout nutrition come in because now we're going to start help, help trying to make sure that your body can bur, uh, build muscle appropriately. And at this point, now is a time when pre and post workout nutrition becomes more and more important. What you're having, what time you're having it, that sort of thing, because it's a game of inches. Fat loss is much faster than muscle gain. It's much easier. Okay. So yeah, if you thought fat loss is frustrating, just wait till you try bulking, you know, it's a challenge. So especially if you're looking to do it in a way where you still look good and still feel good. So let's say you've, you've done a hard reset. Great. You've done, you've gotten your fat loss to, to like to the point where your waist height ratio is 0.46, which by the way, if you need help with this, if you need help dialing this in this summer, DM me lean and I will get back to you with seat to let you know exactly how to do that. So like you've gotten past that and now you're in phase three, your waist height ratio is 0.46 or lower. You're ready to rock with some pre-workouts. You're ready to build some muscle, build your metabolism up. What is next? Okay, and that's what we're gonna talk about today. So phase three really needs to worry about that. Worrying about pre-workouts in phase one and phase two is like, so my first car was a, uh, is a like a maroon uh, 97 Nissan Sentra. So worrying about, um, worrying about pre-workouts would be a lot like me taking that card and then throwing a bunch of throwing some spinners on the rims, throwing like a, like a, uh, like a foil on the back, like a little, like, like drag racing thing. And then throw some like racing stripes, like 
cool. It's like, you have a piece of shit car. You don't need to like, you don't need to like church it up for, for me. Like, like you're, you're not at the point right now where you can, where you can even benefit from a lot of these things. So if you like the energy boost, if you, if you're just, if you're trying to work out hard, great, but you just don't need it yet. You don't need it. Okay. So most of the time when you think about pre-workouts, we think about um, two things, energy and uh, fruit plunge flavoring, red five. Okay. Like we're thinking about, we think about no explode. We think about C4. We think about things with ridiculous names like Jekyll and Hyde or the beast, or um, I took one for a while called dark matter. Just like, they just like put like, like a bunch of adolescent males and they put like all three of the matrixes on like across the room. And they're like, just names to stuff. Just put a bunch of names on paper. We'll use that for all the pre-workouts. I'm convinced that's what happened because all pre-workouts are just have redonkulous names. Okay. So when I, when I say pre-workouts in this context, I'm talking about supplements and I will talk about the food version of this as well, kind of towards the end. So we think energy is important. We think the fruit punch flavoring is important, but what's actually really important in your pre-workout is fueling your muscles, giving yourself like the, the nutrients that you need to be able to make Make sure that your muscles, A, have enough fuel to push through and B, that they don't burn out. And the last thing is they need blood flow. You need more blood flow because more blood flow brings more nutrients, more blood flow brings uh, more ability for your, like more volume into your, into your muscles from that blood. And then there is some people who claim that like having more blood in the muscles stretches the muscle fibers as well as the fascia, which creates more growth. Okay. There's an entire training program based around this called FST seven fascial stretch training seven. And they would do seven sets of 15 reps with 30 second breaks. Okay. So um, more research is coming out just kind of as an aside that says that three minute breaks are better for hypertrophy than the shorter breaks. Um, as well as those longer, those longer sets, 15 reps, et cetera, are going to be more taxing because it's just more time where your muscle is, is flexing more like time spent with your muscle working. So you'll have a harder time recovering from higher rep sets, not part of the, not part of the podcast. Maybe you'll find it interesting. So here are a couple common ingredients for pre-workouts that are important and do a good job. Okay. Number one, citrulline, especially citrulline malate. Okay, this is a this is a uh, supplement that can help increase the blood flow, which increases the pump and vasodilation. I'm gonna say vasodilation, vasoconstriction a couple of times. Vaso just being veins. So like the more dilate vasodilation, the like the more you you look like your your muscles are working. You can see your veins. You're just you get that pump, which is awesome. Uh, betaine is a great supplement because it can, it can help actually give your, like, again, with a vasodilation, but it's also going to help your muscle produce more power, um, which is interesting. It also is entire, like, there's a couple of studies that show that baiting that um, enabled just regular people to gain more muscle and lose more fat while doing the same thing as a control group that didn't burn any, build any muscle or build any fat. Creatine is a, is a supplement that's been really widely studied. And it's also, um, it's a, it's pretty, pretty inexpensive. So creatine is a, is goes in your muscles and creates ATP or adenosine triphosphate, which is essentially the, the one thing that can help you like the easiest way to describe it is like, if you can do eight reps with hundred pounds, if you start taking creatine, you'll be able to do 10 reps with hundred pounds. It just gives you a little bit more oomph for those, those things that are about 
20 seconds or less. So lifting, sprinting, those types of things. Creatine is not gonna help you with your endurance activities with your running. Arginine is a uh, arguably a little bit of a worse uh, version than citrulline malate. Arginine is just a, a way, again, for, to increase vasodilation, increase the pump. Um, beetroot powder. Beetroot is actually like what your body, when your body digests beetroot, it uh, it creates uh, the betaine. So it's just like another, another way of obtaining that. But uh, it, what can happen with the beetroot powder, which is really interesting, is it can actually improve your endurance as well by helping your body handle oxygen better. So I take, if I, before I do, I do cardio or go on long rides or anything like that, I'll take a, like a beet, some sort of beetroot extract, golden root extract um, as a way of just feeling better and having less um, fatigue, especially like cardiovascular fatigue during a long cardio session, during a long ride. Um, and then the last one is that I think is like important and good to include is beta alanine, which is a supplement that can help buffer the like fatigue you feel it, um, by creating what's called carnosine. Carnosine goes, is in your muscles. It helps, it helps you keep from feeling fatigued early on in your set. So again, kind of like creatine, it just gives you a little bit more ability to do a, a couple extra reps that you may not have been able to do without taking it. So here's some ingredients. You notice I didn't say caffeine at all. So here's some ingredients that are meh. They're fine. They're not great. They're not necessary, but some people like them. Okay. Number one is caffeine. Caffeine goes on that list because caffeine, while it does give you energy and energy can kind of hype you for the gym, caffeine is a vasoconstrictor. So if everything we're trying to do is trying to like allow more blood flow to reach our muscles, reach our, reach our body, then what happens when you take stimulants like ca like a caffeine, and then there was a, a supplement for a while called Jack, Jacked or Jack 3D. It had DMAA in it, which is now illegal or been, been banned by the FDA. Again, just stimulants will generally squeeze, squeeze, squeeze your, like your venous, uh, veins and arteries. So not allow quite as much blood flow to the areas you're working. So that's also why if like, if you ever had like a pre-workout or a thermogenic or something with a lot of caffeine in it, you can get a little bit more lightheaded or have that like, when you like stand up from doing burpees, squats, or those, those uh, back extension exercises always get me. So if you ever felt like that, you probably just need less stimulants pre-workout. Guarana, guarana is like a, is an herb that a lot of people equate with energy. It's fine. It's not, it's not really been proven to, to, to impact your lifting at all. And then the last one, or then B12, B12 is a, is a vitamin that helps with energy production. Also like it's been, it works in terms of energy production, but it's not also been proven to do much for your lifting. And the last one is niacin. Niacin can help like flush, like flush waters. I think it's a diuretic. So um, you'll feel a little bit like a, like a burning sensation. Burning is probably the wrong word. You'll, your skin will get hot. You'll have to get a little bit red. Um, I feel like niacin is the thing that we talked about in high school when people are like, I've been smoking weed and I got to get a job. I got to get a piss test. And everyone's like, oh, bro, just drink like 10 gallons of water and take uh, 15 niacin. And that was like high school logic for how to pass a drug test. And I can, I can neither confirm nor deny if that worked or not. I didn't smoke. I didn't smoke weed, do drugs, do anything, do anything in high school. I was a pretty good kid. Uh, so college, college fixed me up though. Um, and then here's a couple of common ingredients that you see in pre-workouts a lot of the times that suck. Number one, branch chain amino acids. Branch chain amino acids generally suck, okay? At the very, very best, they're a waste of money. 
at the very worst, they can be detrimental to your progress. Uh, like they're like amino acids are one thing, but branch chain amino acids are these three in particular. Uh, leucine, which is actually, is, it can be good. It has a, has a positive effect, especially post-workout. It can help protein synthesis. Isoleucine and valine. Isoleucine and valine when taken in conjunction or, or even separately can decrease your protein synthesis, decrease something called mTOR, and just generally decrease your ability to recover and utilize nutrition to build muscle. So you don't want to be taking those during a workout, after workout at all. Um, the only time a branch chain amino acid is appropriate is if you're fasting and you do, and you just want to like spare muscle because it'll you um, amino acids don't have calories, but protein does. So if you take a protein shake, it breaks down into amino acids, but it will break you out of a fast. So if you're fasting, it can be a good option. Other than that, never take branch chains. It doesn't do it doesn't help you. Um, so branch chain amino acids suck, and then taurine sucks. Taurine is a, is a great uh, amino acid if you're trying to relax and wind down. Okay. I don't know how it happened that it has become a staple in every energy drink from Rockstar to Rain to Red Bull to all, all these, to Monster. Everyone has taurine in them and taurine is a caffeine antagonist. So if you're drinking an energy drink with caffeine in it and taurine, they're going to headbutt each other. They're going to, they're going to fight. And so um, I don't know if it's purely malicious where they want you to just drink more energy drinks. So they give you like, they give you an upper and a downer, or if it's just like everyone's doing it. So we're just doing it too. follow keeping up with the monsters, keeping up with the rock stars. I'm not certain which one it is, but either way it's bullshit. And if you stop taking taurine, stop taking taurine in your energy drinks, stop taking taurine in your pre-workouts, you can have taurine before bed and that's it. But you're, it's going to be hard pressed to find a, like a, like a PM supplement with taurine in it because everyone's like, oh, taurine, that's a workout thing, right? It's an energy thing. It's not, it's not. It's like, it's similar to, it's more similar to tryptophan. And a lot of people were like, well, yeah, tryptophan, that's in Turkey, right? It makes you sleepy. I mean, it's, there's more tryptophan in pork than there is in Turkey. But either way, if I was like, yo, I got this sick pre-workout, it's got caffeine, it's got creatine, it's got a bunch of tryptophan in it. So you get sleepy as fuck when you, when you work out. You're gonna be like, no, thanks. I'm gonna skip it. So skip your taurine as well, okay? So those are the kind of the common ingredients you see in pre-workouts. Um, and then I have two things that you won't find in pre-workouts, but can be beneficial. Okay. I'm gonna give you both of these with a grain of salt. Number one is electrolytes. You know, sodium is a, is a, is a really great pre-workout because it's going to help you increase blood flow. It's going to help you improve your hydration. Um, if you, a lot of people find that if they have a little bit of salt or something before a workout, they just feel better. Their joints feel better. They feel more hydrated. You can take in more water. Your body just needs salt, especially if you live in an arid place. I'm in Arizona. It's like 122 degrees right now. So salt is hugely important for this. So electrolytes can be good. The way I prefer to get this is with the pickle. I love a pre-workout pickle and I don't care who knows it. Pre-workout pickles are awesome. They're zero calories. They don't take much to digest. I love the vinegar in them. And they like the, the pump is between no pickle and pickle is remarkably different. So if you've never tried it, if you're like, man, this guy is completely full of shit. Let's try it out. Try it out. Go in your fridge, go pickle. Unless it's a bread and butter pickle. Those are gross. Don't eat those. Not because, not because they're bad for you, but just because they're gross and you're a gross human if you eat them. And then the second one that like you won't hear anyone talk about in terms of a in terms of um, pre workouts is nicotine gum. And I haven't really mentioned that a lot recently. I've kind of been staying away from it. Uh, 
doing a lot more caffeine than nicotine these days, but nicotine is a, is a powerful stimulant as well. Um, but the thing about nicotine gum or the lozenges um, is it doesn't have the same effect on addiction that the anything that gets into your bloodstream, smoking, dip, or uh, even the patch. Okay, those are all uh, are more bloodstream. So which which increases the amount like, or addiction potential. Whereas the for some reason, if you're absorbing it sublingually, you're not going to have that same potential. So um, when I was 18, I was working at a place called Paddock Pools and Patio in Scottsdale. And um, one thing I learned about the workforce at that point is that if you smoke, you get 36 breaks a day. And I didn't know that. I would thought, I always thought you just got one break because of the laws and stuff. But it turns out if, you, if you're a smoker, you get like 15 extra breaks per day. And they really happen most of the time when it's busy. So like, I was like, wow, this is crazy. I never knew that smokers were legally allowed to take breaks literally all the fucking time. So kind of, I was like, that's cool. So but I was like, I don't smoke cigarettes. That's kind of gross. So I bought a bunch of cigars and I started smoking cigars. And everyone was like, hey, you can't take smoke breaks and smoke cigars. And I was like, oh, this is only a cigarette break. That's so interesting. So I was like, well, I guess I'm gonna smoke cigarettes now. So there was about a four month stretch when I was 18 where I started smoking Marlboro Reds because I wanted more breaks at work. So I would stand out back and like, oh, it's good cigarette. Oh man, I'm having a really good cigarette right now. And I just smoke cigarettes with these other people who are working at paddock pools and patio. And it was just a really, it was a weird time for me. Uh, all my friends were away at college and I was going to a community college nearby and working and stuff, trying to save money. So it was a strange, it was a strange time for me. Um, so I have like a little bit of a history of smoking and, and so sometimes like nicotine kind of set me off, but I've never found that to be the case with chew, uh, chewing the gum or the lozenges. So um, that's just my experience with it. If you have like kicked the habit, I probably wouldn't tempt fate. But um, if you have never tried it, give it a shot. You can buy them on Amazon. You can buy like a 10 pack for pretty cheap. So it's worth, it's worth a try. Uh, if I'm going to do a nicotine gum, I'm always going to do two milligrams. I think any more than that is, is gets really scratchy in your throat. But nicotine's a like a, a, a stimulant. It's a nootropic. It can help increase your memory, your learning. It actually improves reaction times in a lot of people. So it can be a good boost. And I find that like, um, if caffeine, if like having a cold brew takes you from like a four to an eight, having nicotine will take you from a four to a six. So a little bit less, but then as soon as you spit that gum out, it, it like that kind of that, that goes away. So you're not going to like maintain it. If you can, if you take it late in the day, it's not going to keep you up that sort of thing. So that's one thing I like about it. So those are like, those are kind of my, my go-tos when it comes to pre-workout supplements. Now I want to give you a caveat here on, in terms of like meal because this is honestly um, more of what most of us are dealing with than than having like to worry about a bunch of supplements so pre-workout meals you could easily not even stress about supplements at all and instead just focus on eating the right foods before you work out and and after you work out and the the thing you need to understand about this is that pre-workout and post-workouts can be basically the same meal what we want there is we want to be able to fuel our muscles. So if you've been following along for a while, you know that we need that like high impact fuel of carbs. And we want something to repair and rebuild our muscles with protein. Okay. Same thing as we finish up. We want something to, to re like help us help our muscles recover protein. 
And then we want something to help uh, replenish our glycogen stores, carbs. So carbs and protein pre and post workout. So there's a bunch of different ways you can do this as, and as long as you don't like overthink it too much and add too much like high fat stuff, um, that it doesn't really matter. And again, this really only matters if you're in phase three, if you're in phase one or two, and you're like, I put peanut butter, avocado or oil or in my post-workout doesn't matter. It's fine. It's fine. It's only really gets start, starts getting important when we start dialing it, diving into recomp and muscle building. So unless you're in phase three, don't stress about the pre and post-workout nutrition. Okay. So carbohydrates are very important. They can be a, a good way to build, um, like help you build muscle. Um, stress about having a, a, too much of those until you get to phase three. Personally, uh, some of my favorite like pre-workouts, I like, I like a fruit for pre-workout and I like um, like a protein shake, something that's going to be easy to digest. That doesn't take me two hours to digest. So I'm not going to have like, you know, a steak and potato, like where I'm now feeling super sleepy and I need two hours before I can even hit the gym. Um, I like something a little bit faster. It takes me about 30, 45 minutes to digest. Same post-workout. I like something fast and easy to digest, but it's also a good time to have more complex carbs, have that steak and potatoes. Like that can be a good fit as well. So um, like while you can have fruit and pre fruit and protein on both sides of the, of the meal, generally my preference is easy to digest, simple, like simple carbohydrates, uh, and then like more robust food, like actually going with like animal proteins and more complex carbohydrates at that point, sweet potatoes, potatoes, oats, quinoa, rice, something like that. Um, so that would, that's my preference on pre-workout nutrition. Generally, uh, pre-workout, I'm trying to give myself between 45 minutes and 90 minutes to digest that food. And then post-workout, I'm going to try to have it basically as soon as possible. There is a secret trick that's like, like phase 3.5. Um, I guess it's not that secret, but um, having post-workout, if you're having a amino acid called leucine, so it's one of the branch chain amino acids, but if you can have it in isolation or with some creatine as well, it's a great way to help your body uh, just get more out of the protein you're taking into it. So the best possible thing, if you're looking to build muscle is pre-workout carbs and proteins, post-workout leucine creatine, and then 30 minutes later, have your protein and your carbs. So um, I know that was a lot of information and we kind of went over some of the nuances of, of this. So if you have any questions, if there wasn't clear at all, if you're just wondering like, okay, just tell me what should I do? Hit me back, DM me the word lean you can send that to me on Facebook if you're watching live or shoot it to my email, nate at n8trainingsystems.com. I'd love to connect with you and see exactly what you need to be successful, as well as what phase you're in. So we can talk about that. So DM me or email me the word lean, L-E-A-N, and I'll get back to you with some, with some, some of my thoughts. Other than that, guys, I hope, you've had, I hope this was helpful for you and didn't get too in the weeds, but gave you some good stuff to start focusing on and start thinking about when it comes to your pre-workouts as well as the most important thing, which is getting results, getting results. And guys, like I say, every single time on this podcast, literally, if you, if you are in this already, if you are working on a goal, if you're built, if you're burning, burning fat, building muscle, you cannot lose. If you don't quit, you cannot lose. If you don't quit, hope you guys have an amazing week. I'll talk to you very soon. Bye.